1: Welcome back to Risk Check Podcast, episode 62. Wow. Woo! Woo! (laughs) We're back, minus uh, one-third of our crew. Rashawn is uh, en route traveling back to New York, so he couldn't join us this evening, but uh, he is dearly missed. Tonight on the couch, we have a good friend of ours, Hafez Tagabi. How are you, sir? I'm good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's good to have you. Thank you for joining us this evening. Happy to be here. Um... You're an amazing collector. We got to talk a little bit behind the scenes and and, and just take a sneak peek at some of what you brought us today. And, and um, I think this is going to make for a really good conversation because you have what seems to be very varied tastes in terms of watch collecting. Um, but before we get into that, uh, it's only right that we have our honorary wrist check. And there's a new couch.
2: I mean, a new couch. Excuse me. <laughs> there's a new watch on I the couch. Kn- I, knew, I knew you were going to do it. <laughs> I was just looking at you. There we go. The there's a time. new
1: watch on the couch. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh Ben, what do you uh-huh. got on the wrist tonight?
2: Uh, I'm wearing a yellow gold Oysterflex Daytona. <laughs> Uh, obviously it's a special watch for many reasons one yeah. because i know the comments are going to say i thought ben hates daytonas yeah we've been hearing that a lot this <laughs> evening we walked in go back to every episode run it back <laughs> steal Daytona's specifically steal daytonas. and again to be more specific the panda yeah this yeah, is neither of those things this is not stealing this is not a panda doubt no uh it's what i guess we've all dubbed a john player doubt right so yep. At least when it was in current production, it was Rolex's only matte black dial. Everything mm-hmm. else had a lacquer over it. Champagne sub-dials, red minute track. And, of course, what made me fall in love with it, red seconds hand. Yeah. So, it's it's pretty special. It has my initials engraved on the back of it, so it's a keeper. It ain't going nowhere. There we go. If I get buried, it's coming with me. Huh? Yeah, man. I challenge you to try to grave dig. Haunter, <laughs> <pal>. <laughs> nice. I love
1: the fact that it's got a matte black dial.
2: Facts um
1: i think it's it's just a really really nice addition it, uh you don't get any gloss uh looking down at it uh that red seconds yeah. hand really pops but the the red minute track for me too is also i
2: thing. i've owned it for exactly 16 days as of yeah. this recording and i haven't <laughs> taken it off i've slept with it on
1: It's a good piece, my man.
2: Yeah, I love that you know that it's sixteen days too. Oh, I'll keep track. Eventually, I'll stop, but it's still honeymoon phase. The day I don't, when I don't work for a full day is a day, I'll I'll stop keeping track.
1: We uh, we recently took a trip to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Um, Shout out to our friends over at Oris, um, who brought us down to celebrate a momentous occasion. They released a new watch with the Hank Aaron Dream Foundation uh and they uh, this watch uses the uh the canvas of the big crown pro pilot yep. big crown sorry pointer uh, date pointer date and it's a beautiful watch it's got an image of Hank Aaron
2: uh, engraved on the back. Yeah, and the image is cool because he was famous for having this like inverted swing. Oh yeah. For like putting like the quote unquote wrong hand on yeah. top because the, his batting stance, and mm-hmm. they got it in the engraving. They have an engraving. So it's like a course. it's like a nice little thing if you're a frank of uh, frank a fan of Hank Aaron and you notice it. It's a nice little touch. Right. Yeah. And then the
1: dial has got some of the Atlanta Braves colorway. Yep mixed in, and a big white dial kind of looks like yeah. a baseball, which I think is really, really nice. But you brought this watch with you.
2: Yep. And
1: uh, <laughs> it was it was my first time seeing on your wrist in person.
2: It was and, funny. Uh, it I was wasn't nice. going to bring it until you told me you were bringing the second watch.
1: Yeah, we were talking, so we were talking like a, a day or two before, and he was like, we'll watch it. And I was like, I'm only bringing ours. And then I hit him that morning before our flight, and I was like, I think I'm bringing one more watch with me. <laughs> so he brought it with him, but I was the first person to use the uh, chronograph function. Yeah, man. I still haven't even use it. used it. Yeah.
2: I still haven't used it. I didn't yeah. use it that night. You wow. reset it, you close the pushes, and I was like, okay, <laughs> that's it. Like, that's the, it. The chronograph has not been touched, aside from Barry. Yeah, it's awesome. I love that thing. Congratulations, you deserve Thank it. You. Yeah, man, it looks great. Uh, I'll go next, and Leave
1: our, our guest of honor, uh, you know, for last. Uh, I'm wearing a special watch. This is a watch that belongs to a dear friend of ours. Um... It is his Patek Philippe Aquanaut. This is the 5165A. Yep. So when this watch was introduced, I think this was introduced for the 10th anniversary of mm. the Aquana in 2017. They released um, two references. One being this one, the 38 millimeter. And then it was the other counterpart, which is still in production, uh, which I believe is a 40. Um, and I don't know. There's something about this one. I've, I've always liked the Aquanaut. Um, I probably wasn't as big of a fan as you were, Ben. Yeah. Uh, calling it
2: the, it's perfect, the perfect sports watch, sports
1: watch. but I, I can't really disagree with you anymore. I've been wearing it for a couple of days and it's nice. It, it flies under the radar nicely. Wears well, super comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really, really do like the design. I think when you compare it with some of the Older iterations of the Aquanaut. It's cool to kind of see how, over the years, it's gotten more and more refined. Yeah, it's a
2: it's a good medium because a a lot of people who like that watch really like the older '90s, early 2000s styles. Mm -hmm. But I feel like most people we've spoken to hate the gap in between the strap and the case. I don't hate the gap, but I definitely I I appreciate. Yeah, that's like a the 5165 is a compromise.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, And speaking of history, of the Aquanaut. Uh, our friend Fez has a uh, a watch on the wrist. What do you got for us tonight? <laughs> uh, so I'm <laughs> and we didn't plan this. Yeah, yeah.
3: We, nope, we didn't. Very, you know, no collusion or anything. Right? Yeah, but yeah. Uh, It's a fifty-one sixty-seven A. Boom, Aquanaut. Um My second Patek purchase ever. Wow. wow. First Patek for me. Mm-hmm. First, first Patek was for mom. You know. Oh, okay, I got respect. Free, you know, Shout out, you out know, to you out mom. Know, you know, mom. Mom comes first. Oh, Where'd you so, get Uh She got a olive dial twenty-four. And, square around. Uh, square. And, oh, nice. Uh, yes, yes. It's beautiful a beautiful diamond. It's a great watch. There. And uh, it's good for her. And she, green's her favorite color. She got a big promotion a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, finally got to a place where we could get her one. And, you know, one came uh, through from my AD. And uh, she loves it. Wears it all Congratulations. The time. That's
1: awesome. Shout out yeah. to mom. Yeah. Mom's You know, awesome. what's funny <laughs> is that that watch uses the same bracelet that they use for the Aquanaut. Oh, really? That it's available that. on bracelet. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting. Hmm. Um... Awesome. Yeah. So it's uh, speaking of the history of, uh, of the Aquanaut, we just so happened to be uh, wearing uh, both iterations released for the 10th anniversary. I didn't get the memo. So <laughs> I, I forgot to come put on, man. My read title. your emails. Read your emails. And so this was the first one for yourself. Was this a piece? Obviously, this was a piece that you were after.
3: Yes, definitely. Right. How
1: yeah. did this come into the collection exactly? Well,
3: that's I a always, long story no, yeah, that's that's, I mean, yeah, that spans a couple of years <laughs> okay it does I mean this one I'd always you know pre-hype everything you know I've always been into watches and this one has always been on my mind even mm. even before like I knew kind of what Patek really represented and what their kind of place was in the watch world okay but just something about it kind of like Ben was saying it had the full functionality mm. of for my lifestyle you can dress it up down does all the things that you needed to and whenever I got to a place in my life where I had the money to buy it, I had something else come along that was more important at the time. took priority, Yeah, sure. you know, like, you know, when I bought my house or yep. started a new business or mm-hmm. something like that. I'm like, don't spend money on a watch. Fiscally we're responsible. Or- yeah. Trying, you know, <laughs> trying, you know. <laughs> Adult with Yeah. Sometimes yeah. butts me in the ass. But, sure. You know, <laughs> yeah. Trying my best. But, uh, so. How long ago was that? Like, when you were like, all right, I'm ready
2: to buy this watch.
3: Um. I guess well, when did I buy my house? I bought my house six years ago, five years ago, and I wanted it, you know, maybe three years before that. Or oh so. wow! Yeah.
2: So I mean, it was so it's a long been on your time, radar, you know, for like seven, eight years. Yeah,
3: just like mm. kind of lusting after that, yeah. and, and,
2: I, and I to tend- be fair, seven, eight years ago, there was a decent chance you could get one from an ad, right? Sure. Like right. just you know walking and getting to know you, that could be a thing. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and back then I didn't really know much about.
3: I mean, obviously, it's different now, definitely, yeah. but like even anything about the relationship and all that anything I bought before was kind of sporadic and not through an a d or yeah. or um like my first Rolex I bought was gray, actually, I bought mm. it on the gray market, and um i try- I tend to buy things for achievement sometimes, but uh yeah, always on my radar mm. and then this year i uh hit another achievement in my life. I mm-hmm. took over a new company which i was i'd been working with for. About 15 years, mm-hmm. and uh, the current CEO uh, took me to lunch mm-hmm. and uh, kind of asked me to take it over. And it wow, was wow, uh, awesome! Yeah, it congratulations! Uh, thank you. It was. Uh, I was kind of blindsided by it actually, and uh, it was. Uh, <laughs> and they celebrate with a watch, so yeah, sure, you know, you know, sure, as one does. And sure enough, you know, the ad calls and uh, and uh, it's funny they didn't tell me what was there. Mm-hmm. They were just like, "Hey, can you come in?" And I was like for what
2: yeah you know, i like, think i think the phone call was just make sure you have a credit card yeah right sure. yeah. and I
3: was, so i didn't know because there was a bunch of watches on my list and mm. you know i assumed it wouldn't be you know a sports piece first sure. time or whatever and uh you know they kind of plopped it right there in front of me when i you know they sat me down in the patek room and uh i was like beyond anything it was we'll get like, to we'll get really to that amazing. that one later we'll yeah. talk about that yeah um
1: so where are you from who are you Oh man. How <laughs> do you arrive here? Um,
3: so I grew up in Silver Spring, Maryland. Okay, all right. Um, right outside of DC. Nice, that's, the DMV area. That's, that's right, exactly. Okay, awesome. Yeah. So that's uh, Montgomery County area. Um, awesome place. Mm-hmm. Um, I moved to Connecticut mm-hmm. in 2008. Okay. Or so I went to Western Connecticut State University for my mm-hmm. undergrad um i'm a musician by trade so i play vi- classical violin You're a classical violin classical violinist. classical violinist yeah so that's awesome yeah it's uh it's great i'm privileged that i can do it for my job sure. and, and everything else it's uh really hard to play violin yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, you know people always ask oh what's the hardest instrument and i always tell them it's it's got to be one of the string instruments because sure. you know pianists they play a lot of notes you know mm-hmm. they got all those things but like imagine every piano key was like a millimeter big yeah you know and that's how it and we don't you know we don't have frets or anything so we gotta like figure it it's it's a crazy thing Mm. um so i and i knew when i wanted to do music i didn't want to go to like a big time conservatory or anything like that um first of all i couldn't afford doing that Mm -hmm. (laughs) definitely and uh I knew I didn't, I just didn't want to be in a music school. I wanted to do other things as well. So like, because right. I played uh, soccer at, at WestCon also. So, okay. you know, I played varsity soccer there and uh, and I could do that and be a music major at the same time. Mm. So uh, I stayed there. I knew I wanted to be close to the city. And then I did my graduate degree at Purchase College, which is a little bit closer to the city. And then uh, I've been in Connecticut ever since. Awesome. So in, in and out of New York as much as I can be. Yeah. And during this journey,
1: at, at which point, did that spark get ignited in terms of just general interest
3: in timepieces? Uh huh. Um, well, the first—I mean, I've always been interested in watches since I was a kid. Okay. So you know, and that was back then. What was on on my radar were the Casios and, and all sure, that yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. and uh, it's uh, those were always great. Um, and when I was younger, the one thing that my dad would always spend money on is traveling, and okay. he had family all over the world, so. Um, my favorite uncle, no offense to any of my other uncles, out there, <laughs> <laughs> um, he lived in Switzerland in Bern, Switzerland. Oh wow. And so that was my first time really traveling outside of the country besides like Canada. Mm-hmm. We went there and of course, you know, you see everything of everything. So I was like kid in a candy shop
2: and, um, yeah, kind of you know,
3: shop? and well, I mean, Swiss chocolate get yeah. started. I'm sure. Like, yeah. you know. <laughs> and, uh, my uncle wore this vintage Omega. Mm. I don't know what the what the model was um but you know very plain time only leather strap mm. and I would he caught me staring at it all the time so he while we were there he gave it to me oh wow gave me this omega and so I was like you know all happy walking around wearing it everywhere I was maybe 10 wow. 9 10 at the time yeah and um after a couple of days my dad was like you know you got to you got to give that back and I was yeah. like I was <laughs> like what do you mean he goes he gave it to me and he goes. That was his wedding watch. You got it. You got to give it back. Yeah. So I was like, Shh. so I gave it back. And mm-hmm. uh, ever since then, it was really, it had always been on my mind. And mm-hmm. you know, I never had money then, or for a long time. So just kind of bought some fashion watches here and there, whatever I thought was. At was what cool point at the time. in your life when you was it when you started purchasing them for yourselves? For um, yourself? I guess in college, I okay. started. I started making more money. I was like doing some gigs in college, playing music, mm-hmm. and like teaching lessons, and. Uh, So, I started, you know, hustling a lot, making more money. So, you know, I'd buy a watch here and there. And then when I got my first uh, professor job was when I bought my first Rolex. Okay. So, that was my first, like, big time. And what what Rolex was this? What Uh, piece was this? It was a Z-Blue Milgauss. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. That was, uh, you know, at that time, I wanted a Rolex that didn't really look like a Rolex. That lightning bolt seconds. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and there was something just really unique about that. So, I wore it on the bracelet a lot and then... For a while, I wore it on like a green rubber strap. Mm-hmm. Ew. Um, that was uh, <laughs> I liked it, but yeah, um, that's what matters. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was great. It was a great watch. Yeah. What so, was that
2: first like fashion purchase watch that you made?
3: Uh, first fashion one was I bought a Burberry watch from like Nordstrom
2: with the, uh, with, with the, the, plaid, the plaid, plaid style. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, it was, you had yeah. the baby shower. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it
3: was, uh, yeah, I just loved it. I, you know, I loved Burberry at that time. And I mean, I still like Burberry, some Burberry stuff, but mm-hmm. like, yeah, something about the strap and uh, the dial actually had like an offset asymmetrical plaid, um, kind of shadowy design on it sure. too, on the dial. And I was just obsessed with it. I, just, yeah. I loved it. And then, um, eventually all the, letters of the brewery uh, thing fell off fell off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i still have it actually but yeah. you know i just uh, i had a watchmaker just like clean it up on the inside or whatever mm. but uh it was nice and yeah. 38 millimeters nice size tight and uh you know what's yeah.
1: funny about like the milgauss is i feel like prior to to COVID, it wasn't a thing on like a lot of people's radar sure sure Right. And, it, and almost like prior to COVID, and it, cause it existed, the Z Blue was not the, the first Milgauss we know now. Sure. That there were older iterations of this watch. But it's, it's a Rolex that seems so unlike anything Rolex would actually right. do. Right. That when you see it, it's kind of just like, you just get so kind of like enamored by it. like, yeah, what the heck is going it's on? It's polarizing. Here? Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, what is you, this?
2: People love it. They're like, it's not for me at all. Yeah.
3: It's like, there's no middle yep. ground with this
2: thing. Absolutely. It's like,
3: you love it or you hate it. It's weird how like all the colors in there somehow work yeah and one of the things i found fascinating too i don't know if it's true or not but i read somewhere that the the green sapphire mm. it's not patented That's, It's not it's paten- true it's, a it's not it is okay yeah. yeah like rolex didn't patent it because mm.
2: no it, one can copy it. yeah it was
3: in their mind and, and the like, other thing yeah. too so i had
2: this <laughs> conversation with someone who works for a, for patek actually and we were like talking about like crazy like behind the scenes like corporate like industry secret stuff and they were saying how like not only Patek, but every company does this, where they'll work on something for so long that they won't patent it because patents become public after a year. So then another brand could just copy it. They could just copy sure. it. You give, uh, them the, you give them the formula. They're like, well, why would we ever do that? Right. So they just don't. Wow. So that's makes sense. definitely what Rolex is doing. They're like, yeah. okay, it's hard to copy that, but we're also not gonna tell you how we did it, so we're sure, not gonna file right. a patent.
3: And as, if it's hard for them. Yeah, if you figure it out, you basically figure So we're not gonna, price. yeah. We ain't gonna, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so when, yeah, when I read that formula. I was like I was like that's a hilarious flex to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean it's like you're not gonna figure it out so we don't it's yeah, so good, yeah. we're yeah. not even gonna patent yeah. it. Yeah. Sure. But yeah.
1: Cool watch. Awesome. You know, No, it the is I really, the really interesting. Um so you brought some pieces for us this evening. Um and I think just you know, it's funny because we had met uh for the first time a couple of days ago. We we I joined you guys at an net
2: Yeah, we had to night. reschedule this fucking interview. That's right. Yeah, that's
3: right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and um, you were wearing that special paddock the other night. Yeah. yeah. And um, I was thinking, okay, this guy's got like a crazy collection, he's got a serious collection. And, uh, and you come here tonight and I got to admit, when you opened the case, I was very surprised. Pleasantly Thank surprised. You. <laughs> really, really I was because I'm like, oh, okay, he threw me a curveball. <laughs> right? He didn't come with like what I expected, that was came, that was like, to show, yeah. I'm sure to show how like well rounded of a collector you are, but not only well rounded, but that you actually like you you have, um, I guess, different categories or levels of appreciation of timepieces. Absolutely. And um, what's really cool here is to see how much fun you like to have, and in in your ability to have fun with timepieces, you're not losing anything practical, right? right? And so. I think what's really cool here, one of the things that, that first caught my attention were these, uh, these Zelos pieces that you have because these are like some actually pretty cool sports watches. Uh, I'm a fan of the brand and you brought three of them for us and they're pretty crazy. So I want to start first with this, this one here. Um, you got a Malachite dial Zelos. Yeah. This is uh, GMT. Uh, Three hundred meters. Three hundred meters. I put it on a Barton. I mean, strap. it's a dive watch. Yeah, with a date, malachite dial. What's the story behind this? How does a guy who you know collects Rolex, collects Paddock, find
3: his way to a brand like Zelos and say, you know what, this is cool. This is for me. Well, it's kind of like, kind of like anything else. You know, a lot of people that get into watches. know they they talked i'm their watch friend or something like that they want to talk to me about everything and of course they know rolex they know this and that and but you know especially when i started out that was definitely not on the table financially right absolutely you know and i kind of thought to myself like in my business you know i play violin i you know do concerts and these things one of my other businesses is uh selling instruments okay and so i rent and sell and everything i rent and sell is uh handmade and and different things but there's part of my my business model is guiding people down roads where they find something that's in their budget but still checks all their boxes Hmm. you know it still sounds good it comes from high quality materials all those things but you know doesn't you know you don't have to mortgage your house or something like that. sure and just like arts and and cars and all that there's value propositions at every stage um in watches and violins and and all that, so hmm. I I kind of just did some digging and uh, started to see that. And then also, you know, I'm always not in a place where I want to be wearing,
1: sure, <laughs> a very expensive watch too.
3: But I still wanted to have something that I appreciated that was still very functional mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, this looks great. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I, mean? Like, I mean, just like can't stop looking. At it. It's uh so so. Zelos was one of those big ones that. Hmm. That came on my radar, and uh you know, all three of them that I brought today are under a thousand dollars. Yeah. Which still is a lot of money. Some you of know? them are
2: under like five hundred bucks. Right, yeah, yeah. The
3: the purple one. I brought the purple one because I know you guys have been doing a lot of purple lately.
2: Yeah, we like purple, yeah. And uh the dive watch you helped me get is also under five hundred yeah, bucks. That's mm-hmm. right. Some good stuff.
3: That's right. You know, and yeah, that one I think is four hundred dollars. This one's cool. Automatic movement.
2: Meteorite dial, no. Uh
3: that this one, no, this one isn't, this one's like a, a carved yeah. dial. So if you look really close yeah, in there, it has a lot of texture to it. The loom is crazy. The loom is better than my subs, yeah. actually. Um, and in this collection, I also have a, a fully loomed dial. I'll, I'll send you guys a, a video so you can put it up or something. But uh, And what's cool also is you can tell like a lot of time and th- uh, uh, thought went into these. Mm-hmm. And you know this is a limited piece. I think this is one of, let's see. One of 150 pieces hmm. in the world, so I mean, that's also cool too. You know, yeah, it's great. like uh, you're part of a
1: small community
3: of, of, of people. Yeah, and it's just I mean, it's just like looks great. You know? Everything yeah.
2: they make is a numbered, right? Uh,
3: I think so.
1: Yeah. yeah,
2: this the Mako GMT in my hand is a one of 400.
1: Okay, I think this, that's that's a really cool uh, thing when you come across like collectors such as yourself. I'm always kind of curious though. What is someone who, how does a, a how does a micro brand um, that's, you know, cranking out time pieces, maybe more so, even if they're limited on a mainstream level that's a little more accessible, how do they speak to a collector that may be a little more seasoned, mm. um, that has a very specific palette? What are you looking for in terms of... Uh, Either functionality or design, mm. from an experience level, where a brand like Azello's
3: captures
1: your attention.
3: Um, I mean, the things I look for. I mean, obviously, interesting dial. That's sure. A, that's a big one. You know, especially with uh, the the big Swiss brands, they don't always take some uh, leaps and bounds with what they do dial design. I know. Rolex had some interesting releases this year, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, uh, AKA the dipping dots. That's right. That's right.
2: AKA puzzle pieces. That's right.
3: <laughs> um, so that's, that's one of them. And just cause like, you know, for example, a lot of people that talk to me about, you know, getting into it, like what's a good entry level Swiss watch under a thousand bucks. I, I tell them go down the Tissot route. Yeah. You know, Tissot PRX, beautiful watch. PRX is a hot yeah. piece for them right yeah. now too. Yeah. yeah, It looks great. I mean, it does everything you want it to do. And for me, like something like that's not necessarily interesting for me because you know I have I have an AP that looks the same. You mean, <laughs> you, mean, you, mean you mean
2: the AP looks like the Right Peter or the, yeah role? or you know whatever. The official <laughs> the official watch of the NBA. Yeah, that's right. that's right.
3: So, you know, that something like that I appreciate as a really great watch, maybe it's not for my collection. Sure. But for, you know, someone looking for that price point it's perfect. So, I kind of look for some weirder ones mm. and a little bit more playful ones also part of part of my business is i i teach a mm-hmm. lot i teach classes of all ages okay. you know from like 4 to 64 and uh, you know sometimes wearing a fun watch too you know a kid will ask about it and yeah. and then it kind of sparks something in them too and i'm happy to you know talk them into the the watch that's space awesome so that.
1: watches for you are also about creating experiences absolutely yeah.
3: absolutely well i mean you know as as we see it as art and function um, you know, I I try to stay off my phone as much as I can sure. nowadays. <laughs> so you know, I like not having you know, if I'm in a meeting or uh, in teaching a class or something, I don't want to be checking my phone all the time. Yep. I'd rather be looking Look at my at wrist. wrist. Um, I like to be happy when I'm looking at my wrist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you come across the brand Zello's? What was Zellos. your introduction to this brand in particular? I found Do you them. On, I found them online. I want to say. I want to say it was a, a Teddy Baldasar video, actually.
2: Shout out to Teddy. We saw him in Atlanta. Shout out to Teddy. Oh, we're he bowling. Was, he was on our bowling team. Oh. We, sm- we smoked Zach Blast and the two other Zachs <laughs> oh, and whoever else was on that team. Yeah. Slaughtered. All right. Facts.
1: All right. All right. All right. Uh, <laughs> I said, I that, that escalated quickly. It did. <laughs> uh, you know, as things do here at the Risk check pod. Uh, no, but we shout out to Teddy. We did have some fun with him, uh, seeing him in Atlanta with the Oris with the group. But so Teddy Baldassar was, uh, I guess, so I guess he did a review of the yeah, Zellos and that he, was your, your that was intro. One, I
3: think it was a video where they were going through different micro brands and stuff like that. And that was one of them. And I was like, I think the one she featured was like a, an Aventurine dial. Okay. One, which there's a there's a Moser I like that has similar. Yeah, we similar, spoke about yeah, that. Yeah, so mm. we'll see about did that. Did
2: you ever more. try to get that Aventurine Zellos? Um, they came out with a, a newer one, didn't no, they? No, all the all the ones that I went, I ended up going for a different dial,
3: um, because like when Zelos releases a watch, usually they they sell out in like a minute or something like really? that. Really? So yeah, it's huh. so
2: it's like a cult following. They give you a time yeah. limit when you go on the website to yeah. put an order in. Yeah, oh, basically
3: wow. they they'll tell you when it's going to drop. It's usually like five or six days ahead of time, mm-hmm. and then there's like a countdown. And so when when it hits, you hit refresh, and you got to take what you can take. And hmm. so I usually pick two that I really like. And I try and get the first one, in, and sometimes it sells out before I can, you know, buy it. Yeah. you know, which is crazy. You know, in thirty seconds or whatever. It's it so
1: is. interesting, to me. It's like uh, it's it's almost like a sneaker
3: business. Yeah, model. exactly right. Yeah, and you know, I, yeah. So I've been lucky with a few, and some of them were my secondary choice. Um, the other thing, I don't know if I'm gonna, you know, ruin it for anyone else that knows, but there's, I found out there's another retailer that sells zello's watches mm. after the fact. Okay. So, for example, Zellos gives them a certain allocation of the pieces. So if it sells out on the Zellos website, you can get it from this other retailer in Amsterdam huh. um, online. They they sell it like maybe two weeks after the release huh. for the same price. Okay, And uh, so like that purple one, I knew I wanted the purple. yeah, And that one sold out instantly. Mm. So I ended up finding them and uh, and bought it from them two weeks later oh that's awesome but they still sell out fast not as fast as Zellos but yeah yeah, they probably
2: got their clients who are like
3: yo I know you want to yeah Yeah. (laughs) so I mean yeah but um, yeah I mean the aventurine ones always go really quickly. I mean they look great I think it's such a great example of what like some of these uh,
1: micro brands are able to do now you know in the sense of like obviously they can't compete with a Rolex or a Patek but they're figuring out really cool and interesting ways to sort of Foster their own demand. Yeah, and uh, I think what a unique way to engage clients than to create this system and this culture where you know it's like, hey, like you know, we might not be like these guys or those guys. We're not trying to be, but our product is hot. We have a following. Um, we know our business, and we have drops. Yeah, and you better get on it. And if you if and if you're not. Sure, there's a chance that you could get it later, but it's just like this one obscure retailer somewhere. Right, in exactly. The Netherlands. Like, yeah, like good I, I luck, good luck chasing obvious. it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, it ends yeah, up you know. turning
3: into a whole other yeah. thing. Well, right? also because the guys that are buying it, they're not going to sell it. No. You know, it's not, you're not no, you're, you're see, not. I mean, as may, maybe you'll see it on maybe one on Chrono 2 yeah. or something, but yeah. not really. You sure. Know what I mean, like, um, yeah, so there, I mean, just, it, it's just like anything else, you know, people, like, I like cars and stuff like that mm-hmm. too. And, you know, Honda is not competing with Ferrari, but Civics are awesome. You know, they're good yeah, cars. They are, yeah. These are <laughs> a really great car. I mean, it is. You used to go to Miami, you see them all souped up yeah. and start yeah, racing. And, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know.
1: v so,
2: Honda's for the win.
3: Yeah. <laughs> at every price point there. I mean, there's also trash at every price point, too. Absolutely. You can, Absolutely. Certainly, you yeah. can spend hundred dollars on all 100 trash. 000 <laughs> 000 <laughs> on you know what I mean? Or you can Big spend bags. five you know, you hundred dollars on trash.
0: This episode is brought to you by Saks.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe, Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Staud, or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at sax.com. Yeah.
1: So there's another timepiece in here that really, really captures my attention. I've, I've never seen one in person until now. Uh, And it's this guy here. Uh Uh-huh. This is the... It's called the Zero. Zero Time. Zero Time. Yeah, that's the company. Okay, so... And this is... They're based out of where? Japan. They're based out of Japan. Um, I've seen a couple of these popping up on my feed on Instagram maybe as recently as... This morning? Maybe just (laughs) a year ago? Okay. Um, Probably a a little later than that. Um i'm gonna be honest they get a lot of hate online okay they, from what i've
3: seen okay what how did you come across this what made you so made you get this this one this one was an interesting one so i saw i guess it was another youtube um it was Watchfinder. i want to say oh watch finder yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah they did um a review on their their bigger version of this with the tourbillon okay and i was like oh that's interesting and you know they had like a clickbaity kind of link and so i clicked it and i was like okay and so i checked out the website and the Turbion one it basically looks like an rm mm-hmm. um but it was like 2500 dollars or something like that right and i was like i don't know if i want to spend that much money that's a lot of money and mm-hmm. off something that i'm not really sure about <laughs> um, but they had this one um that was, I think it was three hundred dollars. I mean, it was in yen, or something. It was like three hundred dollars, wow. um, but it's you know fully skeletonized. I think the the movement is Chinese, and then they finish it in Japan or something like that, but. I got it because I on my brain I was like maybe an RM is in my future one day
2: I don't know honestly I <laughs> so that's that's your that's your trial <laughs> run yeah well it's sort
3: of it's kind of like it's kind of like I'm I'm I don't really know my, Ma- I've never really the 6702?
2: yeah 6702
3: I don't know yeah I well if if I was gonna buy one it'd be a 6702. Be two, one, yeah. 6701 and
2: 6702 yeah that, so was, that would that be the one yeah exactly um we know someone who's gonna get a 6701. I know a lot be. of people who already have them which is okay. interesting
3: mm-hmm. yeah so you know I've never actually handled one yeah. but I was like this kind of she checks the boxes in terms of shape and style. Um, obviously, it's not the same in terms of material, yeah. etc. But um, that's kind Close of why enough. I bought it. But it's a really cool piece. I, uh, I feel like there's a lot of things you want to say right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you see it in my face. So I I, I, Look, it, I I know him enough to know that he does this shit all the time. Okay. So he's like, I don't know. I kind of want to try this. I'm going to get something to try it out to see what I think about it. He was like, yo, I kind of want this gold bracelet. We were talking about jewelry one day. Like, yo, I want to get this gold bracelet. So I went on Etsy and I found this other bracelet that looks like it, but it's silver. So I want to see how it feels. I want to wear it around for like a week. And if I like it enough, then I'm going to get the gold one. I'm like, just get the fucking gold one. Like, like get your money back if you don't like it.
1: That's so funny. So when I was saying the, the reason, and I'm glad that you, you were honest about it. And you said he's was like, uh, you know, maybe an RM's in my future. That's why I was seeing a lot of hate about this. Uh-huh. Yeah, people were so saying, just like saying like just fake RM. Yeah. Uh, and the name is interesting, Zero Time. I don't
3: get it. I don't know. I'm not sure. Educate me. You, I'm not like, sure what's behind the name, honestly.
1: Okay.
2: Uh, uh, Zero I'm, is a strange name to... For a Japanese watch For food, a Japanese watch company. It's like, oh. Well, it's because their planes were right, called exactly, zeros. Right. Exactly.
1: Right. I mean,
3: I'll, I'll say this. It's comfortable. It's comfortable. <laughs> it is comfortable. <laughs> How often do you wear
2: this? No, uh, I've never seen you wear that.
3: No, not often. I mean, okay. I wear it maybe once a month. Where are you wear it, mean, Maybe. Too.
2: The pool? Is no, you're it's on? not. Water <laughs> food is not good. No? It's you that, grilling with that on? Yeah.
3: <laughs> not really. Not, you know, I wear, too. I'll, I'll wear it to like if I teach a class or something, you know, like, yeah. like, Sure. Like students really, you know, they respond to that because it's like something they've never really seen. Mm-hmm. You know, the skeletonization is, you know, yeah. I mean, if you're not into watches, starts a conversation. Yeah, you know, like especially if you're not into anytime watches. Anytime you know. can,
1: like, I think I feel like people like genuinely want to understand how things work, it's, and especially with timepieces. Even like for like friends who I have that aren't necessarily into watches. If they see a skeletonized piece, it sort of like immediately grabs the yeah, attention because definitely. you want to see the inner workings of the watch. You want to know how it works. You want to get some kind of visualization of it, right? What I will say is, though, too, I'm terrified of wearing watches like this because I'm always afraid someone Someone's can actually call you think it's an RM. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and then try to knock me over the head. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, no, that's
2: true, too. That is true. I mean, it's comfortable as hell, I'll say that. It's a yeah. lot thinner than 99% of RMs. Sure. Well, yeah. that's the thing I didn't really like about RMs. I, yeah. I can
1: yeah. see, I think there's a there's a, a conversation to be had here with your approach, right? And um, many of these brands, you know, it's, what's great is like you can go into, at least today, now, you know, in 2023, you can go to Patek boutique. Um, you can try on paddocks. M- maybe not an Aqua or Nautilus, but there are watches that you can try on. You go to Rolex boutique, you these can try on models, yeah. a, a, sure. exhibition models, Daytona, GMTs, et cetera. Um, and the, you know, that that experience is there because these are two brands who work with uh, multi-branded retailers. Uh, and one of the trends that we're starting to see right now is you have a lot of brands that are going boutique only. RM is one of them sure. who are boutique only. And if you don't have access to an RM boutique, and maybe if you do, who's to say there's even watches in there? No, they on? definitely don't have watches around. Right. Um, how are you going to know whether or not this is something that you even want to pursue? Sure. You know, I, I was in, I got into a conversation with a watch company recently who just had a really awesome release and um, was talking about these new watches that everyone is asking about. But I've seen how people engage with this brand in the past. When it takes them a really long time to deliver these new pieces to retailers, Mm -hmm. and by the time they they've actually delivered them, a lot of the clients or the people who were interested in maybe purchasing those pieces are like, "I've I've I've they're over over it. Yeah, I never got to see it in person. Sure, I've moved on. Right, and so there's something to be said for having access to whether it's exhibition models or brands that are delivering you a similar experience. To see if this is even
3: a road you want to try on. So Absolutely. I think that makes for a unique conversation. Yeah. So. Well, true. I mean, also because, you know, like you said, with a lot of these things, especially the more hype things that people want to buy, you know, it takes a lot of effort to get them or yeah. a lot of patience, a lot of everything. And, you know, if they offer you a Royal Oak or they offer you an art and you take it, probably you're going to like it. Yeah. But maybe you don't, you know yeah. what I mean? And
2: it's, uh, it's a tricky thing. You wanna know who I could honestly see buying these? Guys who already own RMs. I was gonna say something to
1: that I would love it if, if I saw like A
2: dude who has a sixty seven oh one, a sixty seven oh two or whatever is probably like I like this watch way too much for something to happen to it. Right, sure. So yeah, I'm sure. gonna get something that's similar that I can. Zero beat the shit time out of is it, the right? Right?
1: ultimate RM beater. Facts.
2: <laughs>
3: that's how they should market themselves, as a
2: matter of fact. The RM beater watch? The RM beater. And do you also, own yeah. a Richard Mill? You should own a zero time. <laughs> yeah,
3: facts. And also, I mean, you know, the, I mean, what's the entry point for RM? For, grand. I mean, it's hundred thousand something, is. right? AMB, so it's like, and
2: you don't even get one that you want, you right? Could, I don't even know what the reference is. You get yeah. that round. I mean, well, board. like a six seven oh two, how much is that? Like one eighty
3: or something? Or yeah,
2: I think six seven oh one is like so a buck like, forty or buck twenty. No, your one eighty can and do a goal. lot of other
3: things, and yeah. you take three hundred dollars of that, and you can buy that. Yeah, you know, it's not
2: bad. No,
1: but it's. I mean, it's It's a. It's an excellent point. You know, there are a lot of people. I th- I think the the watch industry, the watch world has moved to a place where it's like the demand on a lot of these timepieces have grown so crazy that oftentimes I think either collectors, I think combination of collectors and just the general like uh the idea of being offered these pieces feels like if if it comes your way you have to take
3: it. Sure. Yeah
1: like regardless of ever getting, getting the opportunity to like, try it on to see right. if you like it they're like if it's offered to you you yeah. can't say no yeah. you have to take yeah. it especially if you ask for it
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I've I've been lucky enough to wear 6701 for like a couple hours at a time and this feels the exact same does it? yep wow exact same so my plan is working
1: <laughs> so, so
2: now you know what you're getting yourself into funny
3: yeah. enough
1: because uh, you said if you, if you ask for we have a friend who's Who's recently been offered a 6701 and he didn't ask for it. Interesting. Did not ask. Interesting. Just hanging out with some people who work for uh, work closely with the company. Uh, I won't, you know, share any sure. names. I don't want to reveal. We'll save that for any. off camera. Yeah, we'll save that for off got, camera. Yeah, I got to pay for that. But part. he was offered one and he's going after it. He's going after it. Uh, I got to call him, though, and see if he's ever tried one on. I think I might push zero time. You yeah, <laughs> can borrow mine if he wants. <laughs> Respect. Um, you do have um, some more notables here as well. Um, let's Kill Two Birds in One Stone. You have one of my favorite watches. You have a Cardi Santos mm-hmm. Demont. Yes. That one, I love this watch. Uh, this is a good piece. I, I, I have the same watch. Mine is two-tone. Um
3: it's a beautiful beautiful watch and it's a lot of fun to wear. Absolutely. This this one actually was an achievement watch for me. Okay. Um with one of my with my sales and rental business, I started that uh I guess it was amongst covid, I guess, mm. or right before. No, it was actually it was a product of covid and um one of the things I was doing, I was trying to it was I was trying to get the rentals going okay. and basically my idea behind it was to make better instruments more accessible for regular people okay and so because normally like you go let's say you're a kid and you want to start playing violin and you go to like a music and art center or something like that you want to rent a violin it's trash what you're renting you pay a lot of money and it's because it's seen so many hands or no it's just, no, quality it's just in general. poor quality okay. so what's what the average line?
2: price of a rental like that
3: um probably around 35 dollars a month oh a month okay. oh yeah it's a rent and uh, that's like violin, a bow, and the case. Wow. Um, and, but it's all like garbage, essentially. Yeah. And it doesn't help the kids' education. It doesn't help them learn. It doesn't kind of push them to do better because the thing that they're trying, it's hard enough to play already. Right. And the thing isn't helping them play. It doesn't yeah. sound good. Um, so the idea behind my business was to get them the same price point but have stuff that works well. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. You know, so basically they pay the same amount and they get handmade European instruments, huh. a real bow and a nice case. Yeah. And, and mom and dad don't have to worry about spending, you know, an arm and a leg. They just know this is a good deal. You know, I never considered that.
1: I, it, I think often, especially, you know, growing up in New York city, you see musicians everywhere. Sure. Um, you go to shows, you see them, you see them in the street playing and practicing. I never considered how high the, the barrier to entry is into
3: picking up and yeah. learning the violin yeah no i mean uh, that's a big problem for pros i have some pros that that rent stuff for me as well and it's astronomical mm. like uh, especially for for string instruments it's there's a lot and it's i i, I related to watches a lot too where there's yeah. a lot of modern makers now that are doing amazing things and they're figuring
1: they, out how to make quality products for yeah they well
3: yeah that's they, it, they look great they sound great and it's, I mean, it's still expensive. Like, for example, just to give some reference, like, um, a couple of, like, a, a good maker from Italy probably is going to cost you, like, $20,000. Oh, wow. To get a, a violin for, like, a pro or something yeah. like that. Or, like, a really advanced high school or a college player. So,
1: this is a substantial It's a, it's a lot of money. There. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot
3: of money. Um, but for the older ones, they treat it kind of like fine art, mm-hmm. where... Like if you buy, like let's say you take that exact same violin, same construction, everything, but it was made a hundred years ago in Italy by a different maker, mm-hmm. it's going to be probably one hundred fifty thousand to two hundred thousand. Wow, probably just because. It's the same like if Van Gogh made a painting. Sure, yeah. Same yeah. thing. It doesn't necessarily have to be good. That's wild. But, but because Van Gogh Go- made it, it's yeah. gonna be expensive. So, there's a premium here, guys. <laughs> yeah, you know, so that's part of that's where it's hard for the musician side of it. Because uh, there's a whole collector side of it, yeah. which is a whole nother thing. But for the like professional side of it, we we think in our, our mind that if it sounds better, that's what implies the cost. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case. It's only about condition and who yeah. made it and all that. And sometimes you get both, and those are great investments for in terms of fiscal, playing-wise. Go back to that main point, because
1: I feel like just right now in my life, that's really resonating with me. And you said um, they think that if it sounds better, that equates to a higher price. Right. And so I guess what you're doing and some of your, your peers in the industry is showing that that's not the case, that you can deliver quality sound, for a more accessible absolutely. price absolutely that concept I think is so interesting to me and I think that there's a lot of parallels here with watches to your point because I think it oftentimes with how we view luxury especially um, you know in the West we equate uh, you know product and price have to be equal sure and you, you, you I'm constantly surprised and amazed When that's flipped upside down and people reveal to me that's not the case. For example, me and my wife, we went to, uh, we were in in France recently for her birthday and we went to visit the region of Champagne. Okay. And we got, uh, in a matter of just maybe several hours, an amazing education on Champagne. I'd never really liked Champagne prior to because I could never get past the bubbles. Okay. Until there was a really good friend who gifted me a bottle of uh, Paul Roger. Okay. And I was like, man, this is delicious. And I only drank it because I felt like I, I was obligated sure. to. It was a holiday season. Sure, sure. I was at home. I was like, I popped something over. Yeah. Paul Roger. Yeah, right. And then <laughs> I started drinking this. And then I'm like, man, this is delicious. So I immediately started looking at the price. Well, how much did you pay for this? Thing? It was, like, it was like 40 bucks. That was amazing. So I asked the gentleman who gave us a tour. And he flat out told me, he was like, a lot of champagne you guys drink in the States are complete shit. Yeah. And he started naming the brands and it's yeah. like all like the yeah. top 10 brands. Yeah. Yeah. So I just think that's that's so interesting because here you are as someone who, you know, runs into this, uh, I guess, this mindset or this point of view in your business. And I see so many similarities in your collecting and, and you're collecting fine watchmaking but you're also looking you know for similar experiences or um you know uh uh, things that resonate with you aesthetically in terms of what's offered on the other side sure and proving to people just as you're collecting that you know the conversation
3: about quality is more varied more diverse absolutely a lot larger than you might think of it and you don't have to spend an arm and a leg necessarily yeah now the other part the other side of that is like you know when you go i I got the privilege to go to um patek here in new york okay and the patek brought me out and did they toured the facilities and Mm. all the things and when you see what goes into that yeah and then you're like wow okay that's what you're paying for. You know, yes. you see the qual like you see the quality control, you see what the people making the watches, polishing the bracelets, adjusting the move, like what they have to go through and to just be that one person that does that one thing for that one watch. Yeah. It's like, that makes you appreciate their branding because that's what their branding is about. Yeah. You know, like with some of the champagnes, it's all, it's, it's branding where it's just like, they only care about the branding and the quality isn't behind it necessarily.
1: Yeah. And yeah. that's a good point, because yeah. I think when you listen to Terry Stern talk about Patek and you see their business model, it's very similar to Champagne in that um, regardless of how big the brand is, everything for him is very small batch because it's based it's primarily quality first. Sure. Right? And he's it's not about selling the most amount of watches for him. It's about delivering quality watches. Yeah. And in like champagne, you have a lot of companies that were you know are well known here in the states. It's about moving as many bottles as they right. can, right? And some of these smaller houses that are doing small batch stuff, family owned and operated, similar to a patek. Yep, um, not so focused on scaling. Obviously, they want to make more money, but they're moving at a pace mm-hmm. that's comfortable, that doesn't impose on, um, or doesn't compromise. The quality right. of, of the product,
3: sure, and so I, that's that's so interesting. No, it's you know, and to find companies that do that, and both are fine. You know, it's sure. that, you know, some companies are out there because they want to make money, and that's Absolutely, fine. You know, yeah. that's fine. And then some, you know, at Patek, they want to make money. I mean, they're making money.
0: Yeah, they're
1: doing okay. They're gonna be fine.
3: But they're they're making watches. They're sure, in, they're in it to me. Then you have you know the biggest elephant in the room is Rolex. Yes, where it's like. You know, say what you want about Rolex. I mean, you know, I have a few, and I love the ones I have. And some people hate Rolexes or whatever, but sure. um, you have to respect their business because it's like, how many do they make? Sure. And the quality is good. It's. Good. I mean, it's not high, high. It's not you know, high. Or high I mean, the or movement like of
2: that, that new Daytona shit. But you know, someone's <laughs> going to want
3: it. I don't know. I haven't seen the new Daytona yet.
0: Uh-huh.
3: But, uh But you know, that's the thing. It's like to do to have uh, like at least at their quality. At that amount. that level of consistency, right? Is, I, think, I mean, is, if there's, anything, there's, yeah. if they're anything, they're consistent. Sure, I right. mean, it's like a moa or a roof Yeah, it's and, like you and, know, it, it, the, the taste is never going to change yeah.
1: depending on what happens, seasonality, right. in the region and for and France.
3: it's it's amazing to do that. And and you know, the, they have, they have some kind of higher quality stuff when you get to the gem setting and things like that. Maybe the movements aren't there. But, sure. Um, it's uh fascinating, fascinating business that they do. I, I read an article. I forgot what the website was. It was uh, I can't remember now. But they were basically breaking down how Rolex does, and of course, they had to kind of figure it out because they don't re- release all those numbers. So they sure. kind of base it off, you know, how many they think they make, etc. And just by the numbers, each model of Rolex, like you could take the amount of subs that mm-hmm. they sell, is like more than all of Taguar. Absolutely, you know, or like, or just the Daytonas is more than Cartier sells total. You know, uh, it's like I, nuts. Yeah. Like we've, that's
1: ridiculous. We've uh, <laughs> we've got a love hate relationship with Rolex. I think it's more love. Um, you know to your point, some people absolutely detest them. Um, I love Rolex you know um, I, the, the, there's very little I dislike. What I will give them credit for is a their consistency. Um, and B, they make a robust product. Yeah. you know what I'm saying I mean I recently purchased a a vintage 61 just. The watch is 50 years old. Still works, yeah, it's amazing. Still pretty, that's amazing. Now, granted, the, the previous owners took really good care of it. Thank you, sure, yeah.
3: <laughs> shout
1: out. <laughs> but, um, the fact that you could produce a product at scale and it lasts so many decades, right? I think is a testament to you know the history of the company, uh, what Hans Waldorf himself set out to accomplish. And it's the reason why they have one of the largest brands in the watch industry. Yeah. In the world. Speaking of which, you happen to have a, a, a piece that was incredibly hot last year. Yes. still hot and, and difficult to get. This is what some people call the Destro. Mm-hmm. Others call the GMT Sprite. That's right. This
3: is the Lucky Lefty. Lefty GMT. This was a, you know, the GMTs, I love them. The first one I, I bought was a Pepsi. Yep. Love that watch. On Oyster? Uh, Jubilee? Nope <laughs> Boom You know, no one's perfect Try my best We had this talk You know, it's like I get it, you know I understand the Oyster you Sure know, I get it, you know But the Jubilee is it, It's different It's just it's different. Well, it's, well, it's How different. it belongs It's different it's Something you about know. it I think definitely this model looks better on the Jubilee That, that I agree definitely. with you So the Sprite definitely. There's something
1: about the Sprite It's funny There's certain. It's models. because the
2: crown's on the opposite end So you think it should be flipped on the bracelet too that's what There it you is. go. Yeah, I, no, I don't know
3: if that makes sense.: It does make sense.
2: So he so look, him and whoever else is in the bungalow that wants to hate on me I firmly believe that the GMT belongs in an oyster bracelet. Yeah, you're wrong, first of all. <laughs> but second of all, he likes this watch on the Jubilee because it's the opposite of what he believes a GMT should look like. It's already this the opposite. watch, yeah, well, this watch is the opposite it's like of what a GMT looks like. The right. Right. Yeah, so it needs right. its okay. quote unquote bizarro bracelet. What I will say though, too, though, is that, you know,
1: listen, the Pepsi looks good on Jubilee. I'm not gonna lie. To me, I just have like, it's like a historical traditional sure. thing. Sure. I want an oyster. But I do not enjoy Batman on Jubilee. Mm-hmm. There's something about Batman that I feel mm-hmm. like it should be on an oyster. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, it just doesn't look good to me. On
3: yeah, no, I, I think that's true. Yeah,
1: and then the opposite for this one. I this really one am. I think looks really, really good on Jubilee, not yeah. so great on Oyster. Yeah.
3: No, I tried. I tried one on on Oyster. I didn't buy it, obviously, but you know, just just wasn't just wasn't what just I wanted. Just wasn't hitting. Yeah. yeah, Just yeah. wasn't what I wanted. So, how did this? Were you? Was this a piece that you were after? Were you offered? How did this? Yeah, work absolutely. Out? You know, this also is another uh, achievement. One. You know, okay. I had a lot of stuff going on this year, so um, one of the things i i've done since i was a student i guess in uh, in college was i had a fellowship with the manhattan string quartet mm-hmm. and string quartet is uh you know chamber music this is like four players obviously by quartet that is a certain genre of classical music that is amazing it's my favorite and so to study with the manhattan quartet was dream come true mm-hmm. and uh, so they brought me all over the world to their conferences and this and that and the other thing and um I worked with them for 10 years or something like that. Wow. And this past year, they uh, asked me to um, run one of their programs in mm. Europe. And uh, and then they asked me to run one of their programs here in New York as well. Now. And um, I wanted something to really, you know, it's it's one of those things when, especially when you work with someone when you're a kid. Yeah. You know, I was 18 when I started working with them. Mm-hmm. And for them to, it's it's sometimes hard to get out of that, them not to see you as a kid sure anymore you know what i mean is you know that kind of thing so for them to ask for me to run one of their programs was uh it meant a lot you know because you know it's kind of you know i don't know it just it it meant a lot and the gmt felt right for that because it was traveling and this and that and the other thing and uh and i always kind of do things my own way so the lefty worked too
1: there we go okay okay so, so there's a some, level
2: of symbolism. Yeah, it has some sentimental value, too, yeah, for
1: absolutely. sure. Yeah. That's pretty awesome, dude. Um, you know, unfortunately, we're not going to get to everything you purchased, but there is there is a watch um, that I think is incredibly important that I do want to to talk to you about. And uh, this is a watch you brought with you. Uh huh. Um, this is... Excuse me. Um, we talked about this just a little bit off camera. Got a little bit of details, but... Um, you know, the beauty about watch collecting, um, one of the things that at least we tell ourselves, which is why, you know, to make us feel good about spending some money on <laughs> yeah, right. <and> these things, <laughs> is, um, you know, hoping that we'll be in a position to hand this down to someone special, sure. loved one, relative, friend, colleague, etc. You have a watch that you, you brought with you and that you brought back to life that belonged to your father. That's right, yeah. Um, talk a little bit about this piece. I've never seen this before. I'm not familiar with this brand. Um, off bat, I'm going to tell you what I love about it is the stretchy. Bracelet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Classic. classic. I think that's tight. Um what, what What do you know about this watch in terms of a the brand and then
3: and b it's uh you know sentimental value to your dad you've seen your dad wearing sure sure so so the brand is called navzer Mm -hmm. and my dad uh my dad was persian so Mm -hmm. he grew up in iran and um he bought this when he graduated high school oh wow so my dad was born in 1945 so that would have been in like the mid-60s ish Mm -hmm. or so and um and has his name engraved on the side wow uh Poorly engraved, I would say, but it engraved, nevertheless. <laughs> it's his watch. You, you yeah.
2: think he did it himself?
3: Yeah, I, I don't think, no, he didn't do it, but,
2: uh, I mean, maybe. Um, if you're anything like him, probably. Yeah,
3: right. <laughs> and uh, it was uh, it was really special just because um, he passed last year. And, Sorry um, Thank you, I appreciate it. It was, you know, tough. It was unexpected, and, you know, it's one of those things that we all have to deal with eventually. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, I'm going through his pictures, and... He was uh, never a rich guy at all, but he was always very well traveled. So like after Iran, he went like to Turkey, to Europe, all these different things. He like taught English in Tanzania. And like oh, wow. you know, so, you know, I'm going through all these pictures that family had sent and that we had at the house, you know, and uh, in like 90% of the pictures, he's wearing this watch. That's awesome. You know, in like in front of elephants, in front of, you know, the yeah. Louvre, in front, you know, everywhere wearing this watch. And, uh, Do you remember
2: seeing that on him when you were a kid?
3: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. He would always wear it. And then, you know, when he got older, he stopped wearing it. Um, the dial kind of eroded a little bit. Mm. And, and so so uh, last year I had it uh, – I sent it to, like, a vintage watch place. And they – it took a while. It took maybe a year or so. Oh, wow. That Ten months, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had to source parts because, you know, they're not that yeah. many. So this brand – from what I read online um, it was an Iranian brand and the guy found um, or he used like some Swiss movements, so he like would go back and forth between Switzerland and Iran mm-hmm. and uh, kind of created his own brand. Wow. And um, yeah so they uh, you know of course green is, is hot now but that's the only dial that they could find.
2: Yeah so they put But green uh, You on.
3: know so I was like okay it's cool but uh, it's Was that what was the original dial color? It was blue. Okay. Blue. But by, by the time I got a restored that that was like totally
0: eroded yeah Yeah,
3: you know looked like cardboard almost Mm. um but uh yeah so that one they even got the parts on the inside so it'll keep good time for one day okay 24 hours and then after it starts to deviate Mm. but um like my ap's no i'm just kidding Ah! shots fired
2: um yeah their their uh movement in their 37 is super low frequency it kind of yeah. sucks no on complains about it all the time yeah
3: uh but yeah it's it's really you know it's one of those things where it's just um what did it mean to you to get this restored what was that like when you when you got the call to get it back yeah I, you know it came back and i was just like this is incredible you yes. know especially after you know i always knew it was a special watch for him and it's kind of indicative of our relationship because he told me, you know, he bought it when he graduated high school and he said he spent every single dime he had to wow. buy it. Um, and whenever I made any purchases in my life, he was always like, you're spending too much money, you know, <laughs> you know, as, you know, just mom the and dad. Back in this yeah. So in, um, but he always, would have a story. Oh, I spent all my money on this story, yeah. you know, or whatever. So, um, it was just, uh, incredible to get it back. And, and now I can wear it, you know, I don't wear it that often, honestly, cause I don't want to mess it up too mm-hmm. much, but, um, you know, his birthday's coming up, so, you know, I, I might wear it then, and... Were you uh, able to share this with any of your family members? I yeah, my, you it. know, my, my mom, my mom, you know, was special to her, too, um, and I sent some pictures around, but, uh, it's, uh, it's just cool that it's been there that long, kind of like you were saying about the Rolex,
2: where yeah. it's like, uh, you know... The engraving's really cool, it's like dots, it's mm. dotted in, yeah. it's not like a straight writing. Yeah,
3: so...
1: I think it's awesome, too, that, like, A, you remember him wearing this. Um, You have memories of him actually wearing this, the story that he shared with you about this. But then also the documentation, like, all the photos, images of your dad. It's what a lot of us, I think, as collectors dream of. Sure. You know, to hope to be able to pass some of these to our, our family and they are able to appreciate it. As an extension of their relationship with us, definitely, definitely, you know, um, kind of a full circle moment for a watch collector. This is rad, dude. Yeah, I mean, it
3: looks great. Honestly, it's like
2: the green dot yeah. bangs. Yeah. I thought the it was at back. first. Yeah,
3: case shape, everything
1: looks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's
2: really cool. It's probably like a 36, right?
3: Yeah, ish. Uh, yeah, maybe
1: 35, 36. I also really kind of like how all the indices are like turned in different directions. Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> it's like,
3: I feel like they found all those and they didn't all quite fit. So they, they, just like, they like, a, them. yeah, they're <laughs> just like, all right, we're going to put them in there. It's, <laughs> I wonder also, where it's I found kind of important But it's dope. That's, well, that's the thing is like, they. I mean, it was out in California. My mom found the place. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, they, they sourced it all. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: This is tight, man.
2: And it's on the og spider bracelet yeah right
1: (laughs) yeah this is a good one respect to you that's that's beautiful yeah man thank you 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 have an amazing collection my man this is awesome i know this isn't even everything
3: no yeah this is a carefully curated uh
1: this is a (laughs) wristwatch
3: well you know like we were talking about there's really great i you know i know a lot of people bring their heavy hitter stuff in here and uh you know when you saw me i was wearing a big 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 time one big big boy watch (laughs) um (laughs) We'll no, but this is, this, this is
1: refreshing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's awesome to meet someone like yourself. And, um, you know, though I was surprised what you brought me, um, getting to spend some time with you, and we got to break bread uh, a few days ago, I'm not surprised. I think that a collection like this speaks to your character, um, how you present yourself, and, you know, what I've had the opportunity to learn tonight, you know, I think there's a lot of similarities that I find really interesting between the work that you do, and how you collect, yeah, which I think is is, is really cool. Um, so shout out to you. What is uh, what's what's on the horizon for you as a collector? What are
3: you looking? Uh huh. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> um well speaking of the new daytona i'd like to get a Woo! daytona so, oh. you know, but which we'll one there's a lot of new daytonas Le Mans oh man <laughs> i guess whatever my ad will give me yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i guess um i mean for my for my collection now i, I want to steal one sorry ben i know you don't like to steal but okay. you know
2: everyone uh, against opinions yeah you know, <laughs> well that wrong. was the
3: thing you know And actually we talked about it, you know i was offered a steel panda and we had a talk and we're like should i just wait for the new one or mm-hmm. take the, and, and i was like in my head i'm like am i crazy to say no cuz like for example Ben's watch looks great on his wrist it's good. Kind of, i mean proportions wise looks great so i was like what if they mess it up like you yeah. know what, what if it's not
2: my have to wait and see yeah
3: so i was like you know what we'll, we'll run the risk i think it you up. got
2: steered in the right direction
3: yeah so so when the new one comes that'll that'll be one but uh there's definitely so i you know i haven't bought any a P this year, I don't know if there's anything really AP that I'm really looking for, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, um I'm ever since the Patek event I've been a, a, a Patek, going crazy with the Pateks this year. Sure. So um What we, did you think about the uh Star Wheel? That was cool. Yeah. Uh, you know what like you know, these these
2: uh I feel these like things if coming a back code and, to and
3: have. You know, it might be the out. Star Wheel
1: is yeah. like the code to have. That's a cool one. Yeah, that's I, I wish I like, it was yeah.
2: thinner. That's the only thing about it. You thinner? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. how I mean how thick is that I haven't worn one. it's big. big it's a big yeah. watch bigger than my offshore probably I mean, just really? as it's, big it's a thick it's deep. probably yeah, just the, my is a big. little it's a well, 42 yeah okay it's probably yeah. just as big as that <laughs> okay he has the taupe offshore diver that yeah. I yeah. tried on the AP Husband mm-hmm. once ago. oh yeah, yeah. yeah he has the same one it's a great yeah. watch it yeah. is a good one yeah. that watch yeah, yeah that watch bangs I wasn't I told. I told the woman who worked there I was like that's sign, nice sign me up for that one yeah. I take that one that's a banger.
3: you know I wasn't sure about it just because I mean it's a 43 technically yeah. but you know AP did it right honestly they you know what I do smaller. like,
2: like alright so spoiler alert you also have the music uh, yeah. Royal Oak in the 37 right yes they came they dropped in black ceramic yeah. with the like the shiny strap that's kind of nice that's yeah. cool
3: yeah no I mean you know that's a, that's a great watch I mean it's uh, that one was crazy because that one got allocated to me in two weeks I only had to wait two weeks from ap which was nuts. well they
2: knew it was going to the right person what you do for work yeah, right? yeah. like no the, no, no
3: the not the not the music one the the taupe
2: oh yeah mm-hmm. so i walked into a boutique
3: and uh i had a vintage ap from before so i wore that but um yeah first purchase i only had to wait two weeks which he, they, they
2: were called. like oh my god someone asked for that
3: <laughs> yeah <laughs> they, they, they <laughs> called and i was like really and uh i had to do this crazy thing to, to get there on yeah. time but like yeah But still waiting
1: for the call Thanks.
3: Yeah, <laughs> we both so hope. wait for the call but uh but maybe fifty eight eleven for patek maybe it's a good one to get you know maybe um the first knowledge just came in mm-hmm. and that was you know a big big time one i would say and uh i always like to tell people i wore the the breakfast watch when i when i picked that oh, up. oh we so didn't even talk okay. about the breakfast <laughs> watch we'll <Maybe laughs> some b-roll the breakfast we'll, watch. Do, we'll show b-roll of it <laughs> um so that's always funny but uh i mean there's i like the steel world timer mm-hmm. for patek too um, I'm thinking about a couple of application ones I really like the way they do enamel yeah they're um,
1: beautiful enamel I
3: mean you know so whether it be the world timer or one of those like kind of art pieces yeah those ones are crafts. yeah those are
2: Celestial we spoke about oh, Celestial I mean that, too That's that one I,
3: I don't know if I can afford a Celestial right now but you know I, I would love a Baguette baguette, <laughs> baguette, <Sure. laughs> baguette Celestial 6104 baby Baguettes I mean Patek does gem setting right they really do
1: <laughs> they really do yeah
3: so on that note my man, it was a pleasure having you. Thanks, Thanks man. for joining us. I had this a lot season. of fun. Yeah, I appreciate it. I had a
1: lot of fun. Uh, you brought some really, really cool watches for us to talk about. Uh, you have an amazing story. Um, we'll probably talk off camera, but I want to know more about what you do for a living because I think this is so fascinating.
2: Yeah, man. You got to um, tell them the story about that violin at auction which when one? we get off camera. One, oh, yeah. It okay, <laughs> It was nuts.
1: Um, for those of you watching and listening... Uh, this is episode 62, you know, where to find us, uh, at risk check pod on Instagram, uh, risk check podcast on YouTube, risk check podcast on Spotify, where you can watch and listen to us, uh, also on Google podcasts, Apple podcasts, and Amazon music. Uh, I know we've been saying this, but I'll say it again because it is coming. We've got... Uh, A new website relaunching very, very soon. Uh, We will share that date soon, just tightening everything up for you guys. And we have a special collaboration uh, that we will be releasing simultaneously when we launch the website. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Feel free to reach out to us in the comments, in the DM, Uh, the bungalow chat. The bungalow is popping. The bungalow is popping. For those of you that don't know, we have a special uh, invitation only uh, group chat on Instagram. If you would like an invite, uh, send a shout out or, or drop a line to myself, Ben or Rashawn on Instagram, or just the Risk check pot Instagram page. And, uh, we'll talk about getting you in there. Um, until next week. See you then. Deuces.